going to ask that we bow our heads and focus our minds towards what the Lord has for us today when it comes to this idea of love. Father, we give You the glory for all things. We ask, Lord God, that in our time in the Word today, that You would speak through Your Holy Spirit, You would speak through Your Word, that there would be a deep resolve to take what we hear, apply it to our life, let Your Holy Spirit open up our heart, and let it change us, let us be transformed because of the power of the message this morning of Your Word. We praise You for Your love. To You be the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever been in that position where you felt like, I couldn't do it? You know, I couldn't do it. We do Christmas lights on the outside of our house. They're not up yet. And I've slowly been passing that tradition on to my children. I don't know that it's that I can't do it versus I just, I'm not going to do it. Uh, It was strenuous enough on my mental, physical, emotional, spiritual capacities just to assemble the interior of our house, let alone strive to do the exterior of our house. And so sometimes Christmas can be a little overwhelming, right? We were out there braving the world of shopping yesterday and ice skating and all that festival stuff out there in Walnut Creek, the greater metropolis and poverty-stricken area of Walnut Creek. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into shopping that leaves me saying, I can't do it. I just can't do it. There's, there's too much going on there. I get overwhelmed sometimes. And, and you may feel that way when it comes to the holidays. It, may be a little overwhelming sometimes. You may be missing some things. You may be too tired or too exhausted to set certain things up. Or, boy, we have tagged you for four different things next Sunday for the Christmas program. And you're going to get to Saturday night and you're going to just start saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, we took an interview with somebody who feels exactly that way. And they've been striving really hard to do things. Let's see what this individual says. I play Joseph in the live nativity, the stepfather to the Messiah. Some rather big shoes to fill, or sandals as it may be. As a method actor, um, I have to experience what the character experienced, you know, in order to play the role. It takes a lot of effort, so I do what I can to get my body in shape. Sometimes on my lunch break, I'll just go into Joseph position. So I'm thinking of renting a donkey. No. No, no, look, uh, we would just ride it, okay? No. No, no, look, just around town, okay? I just want to get a feel for what Joseph must have done. I'm not going to ride a donkey through town. Babe, look, Brando shadowed gangsters, okay? Winona stole a purse. Larry actually was a cable guy. I, I need this, okay? I need to know what it was like to serve the mother of God. 
You want to know what it was like to serve. Then serve me by setting the table. Throughout the years, I have adopted the lifestyle of many notable characters. I even uh, played Judas in our church's gospel musical rendition of Happy Feet. I actually wrote that one. Uh, it's called Happy Feet Washing. Lord, why? Why would you put me through this? Do you understand, God? This is difficult. The people around town, they are talking. They're asking why I would marry a woman who's bearing another man's child. What did I do, do Lord? Mm, God love him. But he sounds like the guy from The Fiddler on the Roof. Why? She said that? I, I sound nothing like Tevia. I played Tevia in high school. I think I'd know the difference. She, she sounds like Fran Drescher. Not the voice, but the... And he's starting to scare the children. Dad, I don't want to do this again. Well, come on, buddy. Just from the top. The part about the end. No room. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sir, but there's no room in the end for you. What?! You're telling me that my pregnant wife and me, you're going to leave us out in the streets? We may die out there. Is that what you want to happen? Is that... Buddy? He's fine. He's fine. Um, this is Travis, my son. He will be playing the role of Jesus. Even larger sandals to fill. Fit figuratively. He has very, very small feet. It is a live nativity, um, so we are on our feet for five hours each night, uh, the seven days leading up to Christmas. It's um, not so much of a physical challenge for me. I played sports in high school. Um, it's more of a, a spiritual challenge. Really? Why? It just is. Where's my baby Jesus? Because Daddy's ready for the show. What's wrong? I couldn't do it. What? What are you talking about? I couldn't give up my son. Honey, they're counting on you. No, um... If I were God... I couldn't give up my boy. The world would be out of luck. So a fascinating study, and Brian, I'll have you bring the lights up for me, but a fascinating study in all the pressure we put on ourselves to do Christmas, and yet the point at the end is why the video is even made. 
You know, think about those words that he said at the very end. The, wor- the world would be out of luck. It's amazing to think about what's at stake with the Christmas story. And that today when we think about love, you know, you heard those words where he says, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. What couldn't he do? He couldn't sacrifice his own son for the world. And I think if we all wrestle with that same idea, we would say the same, wouldn't we? Especially a world that would curse our son. Especially a world that would spit on our son, reject our son, turn their backs on our son. And those that love him, those that state that they love him, would be so fickle. They would get so distracted by other things so easily. Would I give up my son to die for that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The world would be out of luck. And so, my question to you today as we start in is, what I couldn't do. That's the message title, and and you don't really have fill-in-the-blank message notes today because there's not a whole lot that I really want to make you contemplate on that level. I just want to make it very simple because this isn't too complicated. It's deep, but it's not complicated. So, what couldn't I do? Well, I'll give you a short list real quick. I couldn't give up my son. I was watching Stephen and CJ over there, and it reminded me, here's a good Christmas word, it hearkened me back to the first day that I got to do worship with my son on this stage. And what a beautiful moment that was. And so, I was watching my son drumming, and just thinking, knowing the video that was coming, knowing what the sermon is, yeah, I couldn't give up my son. I also couldn't solve world peace. We've been talking about peace. You know, last week we talked about it. Sorry, I can't solve that one. I can't provide hope for the hopeless. I can't do that. I pick horrible sports teams. You would never take my line. You'd never take my bets. And there's really not much that I can do, maybe a few temporary things here and there, but eventually, because I'm human, I'm going to let you down. So there's not a lot of hope that I can provide for the hopeless. And you know what? I can't bring joy in the midst of great sorrow necessarily. Not life-changing joy. You've been here for a long time, some of you. Some of you are fairly new. And, and uh, you know that when I try to crack a joke, it, that doesn't bring a lot of joy. I try. But in the midst of great sorrow, I'm just not the person that's going to bring great joy. So I could kind of relate to what he said at the end of that sermon, or at the end of that video, where he says, I couldn't do it. What about you? You know, listening to the message of that video, it reminds me that the power of the message of Christmas, the power of the message of Christ, especially in context to love, gives us great hope, gives us great peace. Gives us great joy. And how interconnected these themes of Advent are. Today's scripture is John 3.16. I thought I'd use that one. It's pretty good. But have you ever received a present and you just weren't sure what the purpose was? And you turned to somebody and said, 
What do I use this for? What do I do with this? Have you gotten that one? I look forward to this, uh, this Christmas because I plan on giving out some of those. We're going to be having our elder and uh, staff Christmas get-together tonight at my house, and I look forward to hearing that response as I hand out gifts. What exactly is this for? But when we look at the passage, John 3.16, and I'll put it up here, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. My question to you is this, can you insert your name where it says God? For Ben so loved the world that he gave up his only son. Brian's somewhere in the room and he's saying, no, please don't do that, Dad. Right? Dave just got a son. <laughs> hey, Dave. For Dave so loved the world. Put your name in there. How long does it last? How long will it stay? It's a challenging question. And really the, the point is, the Christmas is about a gift. It's about the gift of eternal life. Is it not? It's about the gift of eternal life. And so this morning as we examine this idea, we're looking at the purposefulness of this gift. That yes, it brought hope. Yes, it brought peace. Yes, it will bring joy or it brought joy. But it's given in love. And sometimes I think that we don't really truly grasp as of yet how deep that love is. And how deep that love reaches to each of us. There's some things that I observe about this gift. Number one, it's a gift you and I can't afford. I went around shopping yesterday in Walnut Creek. That is, those words don't work with me. I went shopping in Walnut Creek. I actually did get a couple gifts. Um, I found a, a discount bin in Walnut Creek. And uh, got a couple things, one for about 20 bucks, one for about 30 bucks. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And now I'm done shopping. So good luck to the rest of my family. Um, but boy, were there things I could not afford. I saw things that I thought were really nice. And, and I, I, I thought of different people. And I thought, oh, I loved it. And I saw the, the tag. <laughs> I'll just write a nice handwritten sentiment to them this year. Right? There's things we can't afford. Whether it's a good gift or not. When it came to our eternal life, this was a gift you and I could not afford. It's impossible. And that leads us to the next point. It's a gift you and I can't buy. Eternal life and the escape from perishing, we can't purchase that. We can't buy it. There's just no way. Even if we had some huge amount of money even if we had some kind of leverage, guess what? The one who's offering the eternal life, the one who is giving us the opportunity to escape perishing, He says, there's only one who can buy your life. 
There's only one. And the only way He buys your life for eternity, the only way that you are able to escape perishing eternally, is if I give Him to you as a gift. So I can't afford this gift. I can't buy this gift. It's also a gift that I can't give back. Once I've received this gift, how many of you have already re-gifted a gift this year? We had that conversation in the car recently with our, our, uh, our family. And uh, who knows, maybe the elders and staff will get gifts tonight that they will re-gift later on. I'm not going to give it away. Um, we'll see. But uh, how many of you ever received a gift that you knew was a re-gift? Oh my goodness, the stories in this room. Yes, I actually, I I had a friend in college that every gift he got, he took back. Every year. He took it all back. Folks, when it comes to eternal life, when it comes to salvation, that gift given by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, guess what? It's not a gift that we can give back in the sense of, you know, hey, I want to reciprocate. Not so much that I'm not happy with it, and that's kind of where we go with re-gifting, right? But in the essence of, in a conversation, again, that I had recently about Christmas, an individual said to me, a child actually said to me, you know, I'm I'm really upset because this person gives to me so much and I want to give back to them because they give to me so much. Have you ever felt that way? Especially around Christmas time. And then that starts to breed the whole thing of guilt, right? You get, you get this thing, okay, this person gets you a gift, and you get them a gift. And then they're like, oh, they got me a gift, so I've got to get them a little bit better gift. And then they give, you know, and, and it's just this huge competition, and, and there's Christmas. You know, this is a gift that we really can't give back. We can't compete, is what I'm in essence saying. And in essence, God's not expecting you to give back. It's a gift that comes with no strings. It is eternal life. It is freedom from perishing. It is a gift that was given through love. But here's the beauty of this gift. It's a gift that you and I can receive. Amen? Have you ever had a gift given that you just said, Oh, I can't, I can't take that. That's just too much. I've not met a gift yet that I feel like I have to say that. So I just want to let my family and friends know that ahead of time but maybe you have been in that that position oh i can't i can't i can't well okay fine i'll just if you're gonna throw it at me you know guess what this is a gift that you and i can receive and i'm going to encourage you this morning receive it it's life-changing I stand in front of you. If this is confusing to you, if it's, I don't get all of it, welcome to the club. You can't really explain this gift because it makes no sense. None of us would do this. But that's what separates God from us, isn't it? That's what makes the gift so incredulous. Just a beautiful gift. Have you ever been jealous? something somebody else got. 
guess what? You qualify to receive this gift. How do you receive it? When it goes against all odds of how you think. When it makes no sense to place your life and trust into the one that you cannot see that existed in your mind historically 2,000 years ago. But all that other stuff that God, Jesus Christ is eternal, and did He really die, did He really raise from the grave? Did all that really happen? You know what? God designed that so that you have to believe in faith. I think I'm a pretty sane person. I'm going to go into salesman mode right here. I'm your Hyundai salesperson right now. I drive the Hyundai. I really want you to buy this car because it's so good. And our, our guarantee, our warranty is second to none. Are you buying yet? No, some of you are like, I'm not buying a Hyundai. What if I said Range Rover? What if I said Bentley? What if I said a car that you can't even think of that will never ever break down, has every amenity you could possibly imagine, and you don't even have to put gas in it, and it like it levitates and it brushes your hair and serves you a mocha and you know anything you could think of. Are you buying it yet? No, you know why? Because you don't believe that exists. You see, here's the challenge to receiving this gift. You have to believe in it. You have to believe in it. And believing doesn't mean that you have the physical evidence in front of you. That is not belief. Believing in something is to act with conviction based off of Not even necessarily what you know to be true. But what you're led to believe is true. You want to receive this gift. You have to respond in faith. And that, my friend, is the challenge. But have you ever known somebody who didn't show up for the gift? Because they just didn't believe they were going to get it. They just didn't believe they were going to get it. I know you know these people, right? Some of you track the news, you watch the news, and you sit there and you just shake your head when you hear about these people that won the lottery and they never show up to collect it. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? And I've seen some interviews by people, and they said, I, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. They had this gift, this incredible life-changing gift. Folks, we do this spiritually all the time. All the time. But that's the gift. Let me encourage you this morning as we break down John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. I want to focus on five words. Five words. Number one, 
And, and let's do this. How many of you took a journalism class ever in school? Maybe high school, college, whatever. Right? The, the basic communication, who, what, where, when, and how, you know, that stuff. Let's use that as a diagram for this today. Who's doing the giving? God. So far you have an A. You're doing great. It's finals week. All right? So God is doing the giving here. Why is God giving? There's a lot of mumbling right now. Why is God giving? Love. God is not obligated. He's not doing it to coerce. He's not doing it to receive something back. He's doing it for one reason. He loves. He loves. And you know, we think of love in this, this sense of just, you know, a warm fire, hot chocolate. I don't even know how to describe those things. I'm not, I'm not wired that way. But, you know, it's just this, these warm fuzzies. People talk about it in that way. You heard, you read, you, you, you interacted with what love is biblically. Love is hard. Love costs something. Love requires sacrifice. Love requires selflessness. We, Sam read it during our lighting of the Advent count, uh, candles. So when we say that God so loved the world, it's not just this warm sentiment. It's incredible sacrifice. So that you and I might receive eternal life. And it cost him everything. Why is he giving? Because of love. Who's he giving to? What's the, what's the scripture say? The world. And yes, whoever believes. Very good, Tom. Right? Whoever believes. For God so loved the world. Now, I'm not going to get into different doctrines of, you know, the atonement and... Who did Christ die for? That's, that's for a theo theology class. All you need to focus on today is that God saw the world that He created and he, he sacrificially gave out of love to those that would turn their back on Him. Do we get the expanse, the depth, the breadth of God's love? How deep, how wide it is. What a gift. And how, here's your how question, how did he love the world? How is that demonstrated in the, in the verse? How did he love the world? He gave. He gave. Brothers and sisters, for us to, to love, what we see demonstrated all the time is that love is this feeling. No, love is not a feeling. I mean, that's, a, that's an after effect. That is an after effect. I want you to just do a little experiment with me. Think of when you felt loved. Think of a time when you felt loved by anybody. Now, did you feel loved just because you thought of that person? Some of you maybe, okay. Like, oh, I remember. Oh, uh, that's so great, yeah. You probably more than likely, are thinking of something they did. That blossomed that love. That made that love grow. That spawned a, a reaction of love by you. 
How does love grow? How does love find its power? How does love find its impact? It doesn't do so in idealism and just thinking and pontificating. It does so by giving. That's what love is. And when we examine John 3.16, we see this understanding that love given as a gift by God for the world is one that is the deepest kind of love. It's the love that required everything. The love of sacrifice. The love of sacrifice. Well, we have a passage. By the way, you've been seeing these pictures. This is my buddy Micah. And Micah is the son of our good friends Kelly and Jennifer Patchen. Micah... Uh, 11 years ago, was born with a severe disability uh, in his brain. That The best way I can explain it is it's, it's an extreme form of epilepsy. But uh, he, he just he can't speak. He can't move. Um, we think he sees, we know he sees things. Um, but he has been in a wheelchair his entire life. He has been motionless almost his entire life. This was him yesterday out on the ice in Walnut Creek in his wheelchair. And I want to share with you a little bit about this young man. See, Jesus says in John 15, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So as we take the message of Christmas today and we think about how does that connect us with love, with God... Well, God sacrificed everything so that you and I can have eternal life and that we might not perish, right? Just this deep sense of demonstration, demonstrative love. So what can we learn from that? First of all, we can receive that love. We can choose to receive it through faith. But secondly, we can practice that love. We can practice this. Remember, we talked about that love isn't this idealistic sentiment necessarily it's not necessarily a hallmark card those are nice but where love really truly has its power is when it's demonstrated when it's given when it's done even more so in sacrifice and so yesterday we went with our friends the patchens over to walnut creek we get together every christmas we usually go into the city we shortened it we truncated it so i don't ice skate which is more for the safety of the ice uh, and so uh, myself and, and my friend Kelly and my daughter Jericho, we went and took care of some shopping, and Janine and the girls and Micah went ice skating. We came back and found this beautiful story of sacrificial love. So how do we do this? Wait a minute, Pastor. This is about God. This is about God loving. This is about God. You know, I think we understand God's love more when we practice it this way. We can have a deeper sense of appreciation for it, and that can radically change how we view Christmas. You see, love is demonstrated through giving, it's demonstrated through sacrifice, it's demonstrated by laying down one's life. Now, here's the challenge. How many of us would be excited about going out on the ice and pushing a wheelchair around? First of all, it wouldn't be safe for me to do it. But second of all, I think a lot of us might get a little self-conscious. We might make reasons up as to why not to do it. 
We might shroud it in. It's probably not very safe for Micah. Are you kidding me? He's got four wheels. What can happen? Right? Think about how difficult that would be for a teenager. Knowing how many hundreds of people were there and how many hundreds would be looking at them. There is no more self-conscious person on this earth than a teenager. And yet Micah's sister, Isabel, and Gentry went out on the ice with Micah so that he could experience that. Not knowing whether or not Micah gets it or understands it, but he does respond. So we believe he does get it. We do believe he understands it to a certain level. He can't communicate it other than through a smile. Did you see the picture? That's Micah smiling. Let me share with you what Micah's life was like recently. This is him before a surgery that could have taken his life. This was this year, just a couple months ago, right? October. My friend Kelly and his wife had to make a very difficult decision. You see, Mike is laying in a wheelchair or laying in his bed nonstop, and he's getting larger and larger. He wasn't supposed to live past a year, maybe two years. He is a miracle. But his spine was completely twisted. And imagine not being able to communicate pain. Let me show you what his spine looked like. This is his spine. And it goes like this. For those of us that have had back problems, I want you to remember this picture. So he got his spine completely fused a couple months ago. And we've, for those who have experienced something like that or know somebody an adult, as an adult, how incredibly painful that is. Micah grew how many inches? Almost four inches by getting his spine fused. And so what happened for Micah this past year, or last night, he got to go out for Disney on Ice. And the way that the story goes is that they had to clean the ice after a while, and they and I'm probably going to mess the story up because I wasn't there, but the owners or managers of the rink let Isabel and Gentry take Micah out on the ice before anybody else so they could just be there on their own. And something very magical happened out there. I want you to hear this. Let's roll the video. So those are two teenage girls that are incredibly self-conscious about being out there on their own. And they got multiple times of just applause and clapping. And multiple people came up to them after this and shared about their experiences. And a special ed teacher came and shared. And on and on and on it goes. And I think last night it was the story at the rink. Not so much because of who Mike is. They saw Micah sitting in a wheelchair off to the side. But because somebody made that decision to let them go, there was a decision to be made. And in love for Micah, these two teenage girls went out there all by themselves for everybody to watch and pushed him around. 
No greater love has anyone than to lay down their life for their friends. You see, I think that's why people responded with claps and cheers. As that they saw love being demonstrated. And you see, when we see the love of Christ, the love of God demonstrated, it inspires us, does it not? It inspires us. How great a message for Christmas. A message of love that God gave His Son so that we might have life. And that message comes to us who will receive that and make that choice to follow that. But that message also comes to us to inspire us to lay down our lives in love for others. And as we do so, we will see the message of Christ go forward. Let me close in prayer this morning. (coughs) Excuse me. As I do close, if you have uh, any needs this week, please let us know. Email me at the office. Um, we We are looking for ways that we can help individuals. We'll have several Christmas trees here next week. Some we can use to give away to families that need Christmas trees. That's what I want to hear from you about, is do you know a family that will need a Christmas tree that we can do what? Demonstrate love, right? Other Christmas trees, you can't take them. They belong to people. You'll see what I mean um, coming up. But if you know of somebody, be thinking this week, that would need a Christmas tree, and the joy and love of taking that tree next Sunday, after everything is over, and delivering it yourself, to their house. There's a lot of joy in that. And we're focusing on joy next week. Bring some people. Let's hear the message of joy in Christ. Let me close our time in prayer. Father, this morning we thank You for the message of love. The message that when we can't do things, when we can't make those things happen, when we can't do anything to save ourselves, We look to You. We see that You did it. You sacrificed where we find it too great a sacrifice. And You did so out of love. Let us be inspired by that. Let us respond to that. Let us reach out to others this week in that kind of love. Thank You, Father, for the work that You're doing in our lives. Lord, we pray that You bless our week. Walk with us. Let us seek You and walk with You. Take our gifts and our offerings even now. Use them for Your glory. Manifest them for uh, demonstrations of love. We do all this in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.